0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Through the Rise podcast, a podcast where we get a chance to look at the world and the church through the eyes of those around us. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And I'm Michael Clark. And we're excited that you're with us for our summer season content. This is episode number seven. We're grateful that you have been with us uh, through this journey. We only have a couple episodes left, and then our summer content is over, and then we go back to our, I guess we could say, our regularly scheduled programming. All of our normal episodes will be back. Uh, but hopefully this is something that has been beneficial to you, that you have been enjoying it, both the the uh, Through Their Eyes podcast episodes and also the Did That Really Happen podcast episodes. Hopefully they have been uh, beneficial to you and you've been learning and able to laugh along with us through those episodes. Just as we begin, don't forget um, all of our social media um, and all of our email addresses and all those things you can find in our show notes below. Also, if you can, please give us a rating or review on whatever platform it is that you used to listen to us and that certainly would be beneficial to us. Uh, obviously, in our Through Their Eyes podcast, we have been bringing in guests, and today we have another special guest with us. Brother Wayne Rogers is with us. Wayne, thanks for being with us today, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate him so very much and the work that he does with the East Side Church of Christ. Wayne, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, kind of give our listeners uh, an idea as to who you are and what you do.
1: Um, I'm a gospel preacher. I've been preaching uh, nearly 25 years now, and uh, we we've preached in Florida, in Georgia, Mississippi, and now in East Tennessee. In the uh, Tennessee area, and so love preaching in the area of the mountains and sure. be able to see the God's beauty uh, out there, but also uh, to be kind of close to to some good brethren, just as y'all are, absolutely, and uh, to to be able to spend this time together, and so very thankful.
0: Definitely,
2: yeah, it's kind of a weird format for Wayne and I today. Normally, if we're doing something <laughs> together, it's on TV. Uh, we've we've got that program. What would you do if, or Wayne and I, we we sit down on GBN and talk about difficult subjects, and so uh i'm not going to ask you a bunch of what would you do if questions Thank today <laughs> uh, but i do appreciate wayne i've known wayne for quite a long time and uh it's it's been a pleasure to get to work with him in that media uh that field you know of media as we've tried to do more you know discussion type content and it's very laid back and you can find it on youtube or on gbn's app uh, there's a lot of different ways to locate it and so definitely check that out because uh i put wayne in the hot seat a lot of times i'll ask him a really tough question and. Wayne's more than ready and capable of answering it, and so I'm really glad to have him on the podcast today, and the reason we have Wayne on the podcast is there's kind of something interesting that Wayne's congregation has been involved in doing, so Wayne, tell us a little bit about the setup at the East Side Church of Christ and how that kind of came about.
1: Uh, well, what would you do, Michael? If I... <laughs> uh, no, the East Side congregation, we, of course, last year through 2020, you know, when COVID happened— a lot of congregations were trying to get material online mm-hmm. and, and get even their services online, and we were not there yet. We had been talking about it. We were not ready, and so this kind of got us in hurry-up mode, catch-up mode, and the problem was at that time, you know, by the time we said, okay, let's do this, it was too late. You Everybody get, had beaten you out, hadn't You, you couldn't get your hands on <laughs> right. any equipment, and so that really made it difficult, and so a lot of what came out of that time period was a lot of trial and error, but also a lot of trying to figure out how to work around what we could get our hands on. And, and thankfully uh, my son, Chris is a videographer. And so he had some equipment. We were able to use some of his, we were able to finally get some things in and start making some orders, you know, and get, get some of that equipment in. And, And when we did, and our elders were great, they, they said, okay, you know, what do we need to, to get there? And we'll say, you know, we just said, okay, you know, we need a couple of things. And they said, you know, place the order, get it done, and we'll pay for it, no problem. Um, and so we, we jumped on it. But, you know, one of the things that we're doing now, I guess, is, you know, obviously we're working on, we have a live stream that we do every week, just a Tuesday night devotional. Uh, it's nothing fancy. But, you know, that, that kind of came out of that time frame as well. It came you know, off the heels of, of some of the work that you and I do together, Michael. But also it, it, it was something that grew out of a need that the congregation had, especially during that time. It was one more way that we could reach out to the congregation, one more way that we could reach out to the community. And so we were just trying to get material on Facebook and, uh, and trying to use as many platforms to be able to share that, you know, kind of draw people, you know, to that, that page and to that live stream. But we were also trying to obviously video our services and to begin with, we were doing just that. It was, it was about videoing. And so we weren't able to live stream right away because we didn't have the equipment. So we were literally videoing all of our services. We'd have guys come in, you know, lead prayers, and we would either video that or just get the audio of that and, and mesh that together, you know, put together a video and then put that on YouTube and share that with our members and we just did that for, you know, that was just for a few, a few weeks. But at the same time, that taught us a few things. But also, it got us kind of amped up for thinking about how can we take this to the next level. And, and then we started getting some of our initial purchases in of that equipment. And so, we, we've got a, we got a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera that finally came in. Uh, we finally got an uh, ATEM Mini Pro in and you know those kind of things and so we were able to start you know streaming pretty quick uh, but at the same time we, we thought you know this is not probably the best setup for the auditorium this is really a setup that we need for a studio All Right. and the elders were saying you know well is there you know what can we use this for you know obviously we've purchased this and this is good but we want to be able to use this not just one time you know and we had we had placed order for PTZ optic, you know, thirty zoom cameras in the in the auditorium, and they were going to be great in there. So we wouldn't need the the pocket cinema camera in there. We, right. we would be able to use it, but there's it's a eighteen hundred dollar camera, yeah. <laughs> so that we need to be putting to use. And so we 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 you know put it in our studio, and we started we we found a back room, and we started setting it up. Painting it because it was an old teenage classroom it had crazy colors on the wall, and so we we painted it flat white all over the place and and you know then and started doing working on lighting and, and things like that, you know to, to try to make it better. but it it all grew out of a need and and then we saw that we can we can take that. we met the need of the congregation, but we also saw a need where we, or um, an opportunity, I should say, that we could take this further. And reach out to people in the community because our members were sharing this readily, and we didn't even tell them. And they were just excited that there was something that they could that they could share. And the Eastside congregation is a very evangelistic-minded congregation anyway, and so they they saw an opportunity to to share these videos and and the the lessons that were even being recorded ahead of time that were put on YouTube. And and so we just kind of ran full force with it. Now we've adapted as we've gone along I mean we've been doing this over a year now but it's, it's also um, you know we've, we've bought new equipment we've added on and, and done some different things but it's uh, it, it really grew out of a need but now we see
2: that there's an opportunity here sure yeah you mentioned the, the PTZ cameras for those that may be unaware of what that is and stands for PTZ is a pan tilt zoom and that means that that one camera can do all three of those functions and so they shorten the name to be PTZ they're phenomenal. I mean, they are spectacular. I mean, they come with a, usually you can buy them with a control system and you can preset shots. And so you can have a shot that's for a prayer, uh, a prayer at the communion table, Lord's supper, uh, maybe a baptism. If you're going to live stream something like that, you, you can do all these different things and preset them and they do cost money. And it's like you said, you don't want to just mount a camera like that up there and, and never do anything with it. Right. And so it's, it's very important to really kind of look at that, and I, th- I think I want to ask you this because we kind of experienced something similar here at Somerville where I work at, at as of – well, I'm still there. But, you know, <laughs> where, we, where I'm working currently we sure? is uh, at Somerville, and when we were looking at getting our equipment updated, the pandemic hit, and the elders kind of waited just a little bit longer. And by the time we finally ordered things, it was May. We didn't see it till October. Yeah. When did your stuff get ordered, and when did it come in? I'm curious to know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think we ordered in April, okay, somewhere in the middle of
1: April. And the guy told me he said you waited two weeks too late. I, that's, I mean, everybody, everybody. Fin- he, I mean, matter of fact, he said, you know, this. I have stuff showing up that was ordered two weeks ago, which is normal. That that's pretty normal for especially that kind of equipment. But he said you've ordered now. He said. It's going to be months, mm-hmm. and it and it was it was it was two and a half months later before we started getting stuff
2: trickling in, and we still didn't get it all right away. Right, because that's the th- one benefit, if we're going to call it that, of the pandemic was I think a lot of churches, and I'm just going to say it the the nicest way I know how, but they stopped dragging their feet mm-hmm. on yeah, this thing. It, now all of a sudden we need to live <clears throat> stream, we need that information. Uh, podcasting kind of really took off. A lot of preachers decided mm-hmm. to do the podcasting, and I think that's one of the reasons why what you're talking about here with us today has been so successful is you're stuck at home. What else are you going to do? Right. right. You don't get to have the regular activities that you normally do at the time. What else can you do? And this is, this is wonderful, but I know for us ordering in may, we were basically told we weren't sure that we were going to get it in 2020. Yeah, And so we got it at the tail end of, of October or September and had it all set up by the, the second Sunday of October. And you know, I'm just sitting there thinking about the fact that we hear and talk about scatter the broad a little bit here, here we are trying to get scatter the broad off the ground <laughs> and we're ordering equipment left right. and right. And we're not getting it in very fast either. And yeah. we're, we're trying to look for stuff and the, the filming we did in December. And so it was, it was an odd time to kind of be alive there because like you said, you waited two weeks too late. Right. And we waited a couple months because we didn't have everything in order like we needed. And so uh, god took care of us both you know all three of the situations we described but uh yeah i mean it's it's amazing what east side had that mindset to do
0: yeah it's interesting i think when you look um you look back at that time when covid hit and lockdowns were starting to come into place and everything it was kind of like a shot in the arm to a lot of churches are like we're not prepared for this right. we don't know how to handle this and but it was also i think interesting too though as as you know, a couple of months went by. On Sundays, your news, your Facebook feeds were filled with what live streams, live right. stream after live stream with people figuring out this is what we need to do, this is how we need to do it. And to this day, it's still that way because people are seeing, like you said, an opportunity to get right. the gospel out in a completely different avenue that a lot of people didn't even think they could. Um, and thankfully, here at East Hill, um, with with Jonathan, of course, our, our listeners heard a couple of weeks ago when Jonathan was on the podcast about his work involved in media. Thankfully, um, he was already com- Completely and heavily involved in that, and so when it happened here, um we didn't miss a beat. We just we kept rolling with all yeah. of our streaming and everything. And even when we stopped meeting for for uh, like I think it was like two or three weeks, we were able to live stream. We had to worry about any of it because he was already in that position. But like we mentioned, a lot of congregations weren't that way, and they kind of got stuck in a pickle. I guess. Yeah, um, I mean when
2: when we when we kind of had to quarantine, uh, the elders decided to only have ten people in the building, and they wanted them all in the auditorium. And the equipment that we had been using, we had some problems with it. And so our, our good brother who works with that was looking into the equipment we now have. And so the burden kind of fell on me to figure out how to live stream. And so I spent about $1,000 of my own money and bought an, a $90 camera. We talked about them, the Razor Kios, right. They're really good for, you know, in a pinch. Yeah. And uh, the the live stream kept morphing, you know, every week because I knew I was getting ready to do Scattered Abroad. I knew that I needed equipment for that. And so the first week it was a Yeti mic. Then the second week it was one of my pod mics, you know, that I finally got in. And by the time we were done, we had the live stream graphics up. We had PowerPoint, you know, song slides, but it took us a few months to get to that point, kind of like what you were describing where it's, it's hard. And I think the lesson learned here is if your church has not already done something like this you're you're behind. Yeah. and it's time to get back to it and that's that's what Eastside I think is realizing is we could have been doing this all along. How can we maximize right. the profit of these, you know, materials that we've purchased?
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, you know, Caleb you mentioned, you know, the Facebook mm-hmm. feeds, you know, that, you know, so so and so congregation is going live. Right. So and so congregation I, I counted last week or Sunday that it was I think I saw in my feed, you know, but we start early. We're on, you know, Eastern time, right. too. And so uh, we start at 9 o'clock. I just happened to look at the feed, and it said something. I think yeah, I counted like 24, either 25 congregations that were, you know, that I follow yeah. that were going live. And, and that's impressive. Yeah. Because a year ago before, you wouldn't have seen that. Right. That's well, just maybe a Facebook, year and a half. right? That's, and that's, not, was, that's just yeah, Facebook. was not even that wasn't, YouTube. That wasn't yeah. YouTube or anything. That was just Facebook. Yeah. I just happened to glance at it, and I was, and I was – just kind of scrolling through, and I was impressed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's something that even 10 years ago, this is something that, you know, I, I've always thought the congregation, you know, we have a tool, and, you know, sometimes social media gets a bad rap, mm. and it certainly can. It can be used for evil. It can be used for outing things that shouldn't be outed. You know, it, it's, it's, it has the potential for wrong right, as well as anything does in this life. But it has so much potential for good, and if we're not using it, we're foolish. Sure, and and we're kind of you know setting something aside that you know can really you know we can get the word out there so fast and so quick to so many different people, and uh, if we're not using that, that's shame on us. Mm-hmm. And so you know then when you add not just Facebook but Instagram and YouTube and even Snapchat and Snapchat you know is a bad word around some people, <laughs> but I I'm gonna tell you a lot of our young people are actually using it right now. And and even TikTok, making yeah. videos, you know, teaching the gospel. Right. And I, and, I, and I asked one of our young people that. I said, well, how do you do, you know, I, I know what Snapchat is. I hate, hate to admit it, but I have a Snapchat account. I haven't <laughs> been on it forever. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to say, you know, I, I asked the question, and I know I'm a little bit older than you guys. I said, but how, how, do you, how are you doing that? Yeah. You know, yeah. what what's format your, are what's you using? What's your username? We're not talking about it. <laughs> I don't even remember. It's been that long since I've been. I understand to that, yeah. <laughs> you could probably guess, but anyway, um, you know. But I think it's interesting because what we also realize that okay, not just going live on Facebook, but this is an opportunity for us as a congregation to make some videos and to you know address what is the gospel, address mm-hmm. the plan of salvation, address God's plan for worship, His. Um, moral plan for our lives, you know, how to live our lives and so forth and, and how to reach other people, you know, any number of topics. And so our, our plan, you know, with, with what we've got set up is, is not just do the live stream, you know, on a Tuesday night. Uh, of course we're live streaming to YouTube, you know, all of our other services and, and those get shared kind of automatically to our, our page and, and our members are sharing it. So they're, they're involved in that, but uh you know we're we're looking at right now maybe some five to seven minute videos just breaking down the plan of salvation, sure, some five to seven minute videos looking at you know what does it mean to um to praise God, you know how do we worship God and kind of deal with each of those areas of worship uh that that we you know those those things that are that we do each lord's day and so by doing that though it gives something short because let's face it, you know sometimes we lose people. You know, in a thirty-minute sermon, yep. Yeah. And so, if we can answer, you know, in a short, concise way, something that it's not exhaustive, and we don't mean it to be exhaustive, but it's it's something that's short and simple and to the point, but hopefully also to to try to build that interest so that they will then look at the other material that's there, go to our website. Of course, our website has all of those live events. You know, you can get to it from our website or you can get to it from any of our other, you know. And so making sure that all of that was set up, that's something that had never been done. And so, you know, that was something that we had to really jump on and, and get after it. And we're trying to, to make sure that, you know, we're using all of those means, all of the social media means that we can, <clears throat> as well as, you know, trying to, to best use the equipment that was already being purchased and and trying to use the Lord's money in a good way because uh, some of that obviously gets expensive. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, the you know I mean the equipment that you know, we're sitting in front of right now, it it all costs money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you know if we if we need to be using
2: it, right. and we all we all try to be good stewards of our right. money too. I mean it's not like we, we I can speak for Caleb and myself. I know when we started looking at the stuff for scattered abroad, it was okay. We could go this route and really break the bank. Yeah, but what's the benefit when right. we could do it for this amount, which is so much cheaper? And that's the that's the thing that I think all churches have to do is, and I think sometimes the church gets discouraged because in in a lot of elders' minds, and the problem with with a lot of the the elderships is, unfortunately, they're usually older men that have not been trained in this technology. In a lot of cases, not all the cases, but I know my elders would tell you fr- flat out. When I told them we needed a new projector, they could not fathom that because the projector turned on and it it threw a picture on the screen. But I had to explain to them the projector does turn on, but it is not designed for our auditorium size. And therefore, the picture is distorted. It is lacking color. We need to get a more high-powered projector. Once we put it up there, they said, you're right. We see what you're saying now. So I think sometimes the, the, the task is so daunting because either A, they, they're not really sure on how all of it works, and B, they don't think it should cost even what the cheaper equipment that will – no. I, I like to try when I talk to my elders about stuff to do a good, better, and best plan, fully intending that we're going to go with the better plan. But I tell them, here's the cheapest way. It'll work. Here's the better way. It's probably right in line with what we want. Here's if we want to go crazy. you know. Here's the best plan. Yeah. This is everything, all the bells and whistles. We don't need this, but here for your, your understanding of here's a $500, a $700, and a $3,000. You tell me which one you want to pay right. for. Oh, what does the $200 extra give us? Okay, we'll go with that. And so I think that's the issue that we kind of run into is it costs what it costs, but it's not like we're trying. I don't think any minister that sits down to price check things to give to an eldership for a proposal <laughs> says, let me see the most I can spend. In this proposal, you know, let me just see. Uh, I think I I went to Eagleville, Missouri, last year for a gospel meeting, and for fun, me and one of my buddies, Eric Richardson, we built a MacBook together on Apple.com, and we gave it everything. Mm. It came out to be more than my salary. One MacBook, more than my salary, and I told Eric, I said, "You're good for that, right? Just buy that for me, and I'll pay you back." But that's the thing, like you can go bells and whistles oh, yeah, right. and you can get every little nook and cranny filled with everything that you could possibly think of. But that's never really the intention of any minister. And so I love the, the, the thought process that you were saying where it's like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Right. That doesn't mean we're going to do it expensive, but we're going to do it right. Well, and when we, when we first started, even
1: before, now one thing that we were doing was videoing. I was simply using, not this phone, but another iPhone. Yeah. And, you know, it, it would record in 1080. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was good. The You know, we were getting the audio, pulling the audio from the back. So the audio was good because, let's face it, part of the problem, you know, if a video is decent, even if the video is really good, but the audio is bad. Yep. It's the Catch-22. You're, you're not going to watch that right. video. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what we tried to do was make sure, okay, if, if I can get video and, and I'd set it up on a cheap tripod up front, in front of the front pew, at an angle, weird angle, at a weird, <laughs> yeah. you know, coming up at me a little yeah. bit, you know, just to get something started. And then what I would do is, you know, open up Premiere or whatever and start adding in my PowerPoint slides mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and Chris was there to help me edit all that and kind of well, he showed me how to do Premiere, so I, I had not used it before. <laughs> so he, a lot of that he did kind of on the front end to help me out. But you know, again, if you want to get started, you can get started really cheap because you can use your phone, and most phones, most smartphones out there now have good, good enough quality to get a good picture. Um, you know what i what I hope to see is that some of our brethren who started out that way that they're not still doing that a year later. That right. they that they've realized that the upshot of your chin is probably not the best right. preaching angle right. for teaching the gospel right. to people. Yep. Uh, okay, so uh, so it it can it needs to get better mm. progressively, you know. And you can start with what you have, and and you build. You, you know, you set aside a budget for it. You work on it, and and you start adding things along the way so that you get a little bit better at you know get a better video, get a better audio, and uh, I think all those things are important. One of the things that we hope to accomplish at Eastside is to also take uh, kind of an interview scenario with our members, the ones that are willing, because face it, they, they won't all be willing to do that. Right? <laughs> right. Um, it'd be great if they would, but they won't do it. Um, when we have that, use that and, of and course – you know that's where I'm gonna put Chris to to work. <laughs> it's great when you're volunteered to do things. That's right. right. But, uh, so we all I, went to Memphis. That's, right. yeah. hey, that's the way that works. You know. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm gonna volunteer Chris to, to put together. You know, some of that video. And uh, actually, the elders have been really good uh, because they saw a need and and even the work because Chris's work went down. So I, I do have to kind of give a shout out to our elders in that way. They they were really good to Chris you know, a lot of the video work that he was doing on the side all shut down when everything else shut down. And yeah. So he didn't have all the extra work that, you know, where he was making good money. And so the congregation, you know, helped, you know, uh, offset some of his expenses yeah. because he was, he was up there right beside me. Yeah, I was there every day trying to figure out how to, how to get this thing working. And he was yeah. right there beside me, you know, working with me. And so that was, uh, that was tremendous. And that, that was a big help, but, but, Try to take then those interviews is what we want to do, and put together a marketing type video for the church that can be put out into the community. You know, through every community, every Facebook community, I should say, has community pages where you know, like in in Maryville, it's Maryville Matters, Maryville Speaks Out, yep. you know, different things like that. Yep. So every community has that, and they will let you post that kind of stuff on there. Mm. And so, you know, because inevitably every week someone's saying, Hey, can you guys recommend a good church? Yeah. And I see that all the time. And of course our members are quick. They're all part of that. And they're, you know, they'll they'll send them to the website. Yeah. You know, they'll send them to our Facebook That's page or awesome. whatever, you know. So uh <clears throat> kind of taking advantage of that. But we want to put together a, you know, a video that can be used for marketing and then we'll put that as kind of our um, our intro video on our, on our YouTube page, you know, for it to run there when p- first time visitors go to that page that yeah. that'll play automatically. And, um, but anyway, that's, there's numerous things that, that we can be doing and, and that we hope to to accomplish by, you know, putting together this plan.
0: You know, I think, um, and Michael, you kind of alluded to this, um, you talk about kind of elders or sometimes it just individuals kind of balk at at this kind of stuff. Um, and I think change is is a big part of that. A lot of people don't like change. It's kind of like a taboo word. Nobody likes change. And I I think a lot of, a lot of people don't like change regardless of what it is, but especially it seems in the church, because like you mentioned, you know, a couple of years ago, you didn't see all these live stream, you know, services on Facebook. Um, and people didn't see the need for it, but obviously due to COVID in 2020 and a lot of things that happened, um, they saw the need for it. So that change was there and it needed to happen. And a lot of people saw that the need for that change. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's been really beneficial. Obviously, you know, COVID has been bad. 2020 was not a great year, but out of 2020 came a lot of good things and a lot of opportunity for growth. And I think a lot of congregations and a lot of individuals kind of jumped, uh, at that opportunity. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, Wayne, uh, being involved in this idea of media and promoting the church through it, how easy is it for churches, congregations, Christians to get involved with promoting the gospel um, through avenues like media? I think it's easy for them to do, if they will. Sure. And just like
1: you just you just stated, you know, it's it's if they've never been involved in this, it's it's the you know that that bad word change, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, kind of changing your your thought about social media. And because you know, some people that have never really gotten on social media, all they've ever heard is the bad of social media. And you know, I have experienced as as a gospel preacher, numerous several congregations where we've been that have used social media well, have reached out to people, and they have been several people have learned the gospel through those avenues. And of course. Um, you know GBN's doing a great job they 've seen the need to, to jump onto social media and promote the gospel in that way, and they 've hired guys just for that sole purpose. Right. and I think that's great. Um, and, and so the church needs to, to, to learn from that as well. And, and I mentioned a moment ago that you know even ten years ago, you know when I, I guess I've been on you know, Facebook obviously the, probably the longest, and, uh, and I 've tried to use Twitter and, and different things like that as well. But with Facebook, one of the things that, that obviously has, has come about, you know, again, people who are not on there and all they ever hear is the bad. And sometimes, as you mentioned, Michael, sometimes our elders are older men mm-hmm. and they're not involved with the technology mm-hmm. and they're not involved at all in social right. media. Right. You know, they've lived their lives without social media and they're not starting now. <laughs> right. right. Um, and and I get that. That That's fine. They don't have to. Um but they don't also have to be against it, you know, yep. if, they, if they see that it, it can be a good thing. And and I've had congregations where the elderships were just completely against even having a Facebook page. And I tried to show them the, the need for that, you know. Um, years ago at Foundations, I was asked to speak on kind of this topic using media, social media mm-hmm. in particular, in, in evangelism. Right. And, and I went back and preached that at a congregation where I was preaching at the time and just got— <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the head, the head shake, you know, going, no, 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 we're not doing that. Um, but when you have a congregation that's evangelistic-minded, they'll join in. They'll, they'll get with it. And sure. it's really not that difficult, you know, because you already have, you know, more than half of the congregation is probably on Facebook. right? And others maybe, you know, have been in uh, – maybe they have a Twitter account or something like that, and maybe they have – uh, snap, you know, some of the younger group will have Snapchat and Instagram and things like that, and those things are, you know, the gospel is easy to ch- uh, to share, mm-hmm. and so if if the church is there putting out good material
2: for them to share, then it's easy for the members to get involved. And, and you think about the first century church; they lived, you know. BF, before Facebook. You know, they, right. they did not have social media <laughs> to worry about. Yeah. And, um, and so they, they lived their lives socially, though, still. And I, I mentioned this in a podcast, uh, I believe, with Brother Derek Coble. We talked about Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and they went where the people were. right? But they went where the people that had similar interests were, because it says daily in the temple. They didn't have church buildings yet. And they worshiped on a daily basis, but they went where the people were. And they went not just where the people were in general, but where like-minded people would be. Because the people in the temple, while not being Christians, would most of the times believe there is a God, that he is the God of the Bible. And now you've got a much easier opportunity to talk about the Lord with them. And we're told that they grew by doing that. It's hard for me to imagine The first-century church existing today, and not having a podcast, and not having their their services live streamed, and not doing all of these things because you you try to reach as many people as possible. And I know, I know it's not easy to to sit there and say, tomorrow morning we're going to uh, we're we're gonna just start live streaming. (laughs) No, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to look at it a little bit and figure (laughs) that out. Um, I know that everything that I have done. With, with our podcasts has, has been changing. Uh, we're sitting yeah. here in Caleb's office recording this right now, and Caleb's office has changed quite a bit since the last time I was in here because he's constantly trying to morph it to be a good podcasting station slash workstation. I have in my office um, two computers. One of them is called my podcast station. All I do is podcast on it and any of my live stuff. And then the other one's called my workstation. That's where I do my sermon studying, my Bible class preparations, all that kind of stuff. And I do know this, something that has always struck me as interesting, that I, I, I'm not trying to pat anybody like myself on the back when I say this, but I'll just give my experience. Back in 2010, when I started doing lessons from a park bench, my experience with that was quite rapid growth of people sharing it. And it got to a point where I would be at school and people would come up to me and say, I saw your park bench video. Now, I was not always the best example back then at school. I think a lot of us can admit that as well. But it started to dawn on me when that was happening that, wait a minute, it's not just my Church of Christ friends and brethren that are seeing this. Oh, yeah. Because other people are sharing it and other people. And it got to a point where I I did not even know of the people that were watching it. And this was well before the stuff that we have at our disposal now. And I mentioned this in the podcast with Joe Wells, I retired the park bench because I just, I don't do that program anymore, but I haven't stopped being involved in media and not because I I think that I'm so great or that Wayne and I think we're so great when we sit down to do what would you do if, but because there's a need Mm -hmm. right? and there's a need for kind of the the more laid back programming that we have because it's wonderful. And we, we sometimes have joked about this in the brotherhood that you can have two green ferns and. You know, some, some bad lighting, as some congregations have only been able to do what they can do, and a guy in a cheap suit, and he can preach the gospel, and that's, that's still great. The gospel's the gospel. But I think one of the things that GBN noticed was right around the time we were starting to do, it was called Conversations with Chris back then, some of these other programs that were more laid back, they were very popular because a lot of people enjoyed watching programming that was more conversational. Right. And that's what What Would You Do If is. That's what we try to do a lot of our podcasts with. And it's so much more conversational that it, it should be easy for any church to get involved with doing this. Right. And it's like, it's like Wayne said, if you'll just share it. I mean, even if you say nothing about it, just share it. Just, just post it to somewhere and say, we're doing a live stream tonight. We're really excited about it. We'd love for you to join. And I, I see that all the time. I see devos posted by uh, like, like Jerry Elder. I see him posting yeah. those garage devos that he does and other yeah. people posting devos that they do, and I can, if I really want to, tune into a devo and be there even if I'm not there. Yeah. And there's just so much at our disposal that it, it just kind of is a little bit baffling to me that there's not more push for this, but I think it's because we mentioned through no fault of our own elders, they're only knowledgeable of what they're knowledgeable in. And a lot of that is unfortunately not tech, and so the hard battle I think in the first place is convincing. You know, you have to be able to prove that you need it. Uh, that that's conversations Caleb and I have had about a bunch of stuff. There, there's so much stuff Caleb and I, and I'm sure you're this way too, Wayne at Eastside, that we'd like to get. But we have no need for it. Right. And there's nothing we could genuinely do with it. I have it. a list. And yeah. we have, I, I think, if all of us right now were to open up our Amazon carts <laughs> and look at the saved for later, oh, yeah. we would be ashamed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all of this, the amount of money that in our saved for later that we would have to spend. Yeah. But we always have the conversation of, do we need it? Is it going to be affordable and be effective? Right. And sometimes that even means downgrading equipment right uh, our first proposal for some of the stuff we looked at was a lot more expensive than what we ended up going with because we finally figured out we can go that other route yeah and, and it worked, have it just, just great yeah it's just yeah. as good and i think that's the importance of trying to show to people that you're going to have some congregations that have oh. how many members do y'all have wayne uh, about 180 180 caleb uh pre-covid we were like 220 and we were about like 150 before COVID if everybody would come on a yeah. Sunday. Of course, that's what we all mean, right? If everybody <laughs> right. shows up, it's Count 180, everybody. it's yeah. 220. <laughs> but all of those together, we all have probably different budgets at our congregation each right. week. And the budgets of each congregation is different. However, the, the thing that I think needs to be looked at is just because East Hill, let's just say, drops $20,000 on a brand new sound system and a brand new you know, recording equipment does not mean that the you know backwater church of christ in the middle of nowhere mississippi has mm-hmm. to spend mm-hmm. 20 grand right they they can do it as cheap as they need to do it right just do it just just i mean nike you know you just just do it right. just find a way to get it done if you can and work your way up and if if the best you can do is a laptop do a laptop go for it You know, set some books up to make it level. Uh, My dad, I'll I'll tell on him real quick because he's not here to get on (laughs) to me. I've seen my dad's live stream set up, and my dad's not as involved in doing this like I have become. Uh, It's just not something he was involved in doing, and so he's never really needed to buy the equipment. And so I've walked into the dining room where he normally records if he's on, like, the Connect gospel meetings or stuff, and he's got, like, five to ten books, (laughs) and then his laptop sitting right on it where it's level with his face. That's his camera. Yep. And that's wonderful. You can do that very easily. And there's nothing wrong with that. It looks good. It, it, it's passable. It, it's it, a built-in teleprompter, too. Yeah. That's exactly. You, right. you, you got your notes. You got everything that you possibly need. Whereas yeah. I'm I'm more uh uppity, I guess you could say, cuz in front of me right now I have like the most insane setup just for this one podcast <laughs> that we're doing, but that's that's just the difference of people. Right. Your budget is your budget. You can only do what the church allows you to do and what the church tells you to do however i have noticed this before i go to the next question here and i want to ask your opinion on this before we go to my next question i have found that if you can if you have equipment like for example chris had and you can get something at least for a week set up and do something and show them what the possibility is you are way more likely to get a yes was that kind of your experience with chris's equipment being utilized absolutely i mean they were seeing already well
1: what we were doing just recording with the phone and then go back and and edit those and color grade and and do all that stuff and make it look a little better. But um, I I think, I think you're on to something. I I think if you can show them something, even if it's using your phone, using your laptop, like say, you know, the Macs, unfortunately don't have the greatest, you know, camera on, but it it is something it it will work. And, um, and so I, I think you, you know, you use what you have to get started. And you can, you know, build on that. And, and from that, you show your leadership and your membership, you know, this is what we can do. Imagine what we could do if we had a little better equipment. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would sound better if we had, you know, this, it would look better if we had this. And and here's ultra low budget. Here's, you know, medium budget. And here's, we're shooting for the moon. Yeah. And you can choose kind of where you want to be in, in all of that. And some of that can be obviously, you know, mixed matched and, and, and built later. And and that was one of the things that we uh, think are, I mean, we're still building, yeah. you know, it's, so it's not, it's not like we've got it all figured out and, you know, that we're finished buying right. everything I and mean, we're still putting things together that we've bought. So, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, Caleb just got something delivered. Yeah, right. something, that's exactly right. I, I see another arm that's coming in to, yeah. to the podcast booth. Uh, here Here's something I want to add to something you said though, Michael, you, you said that, you know, it's, it's about getting out there where the people are mm-hmm. and just to, to add a biblical perspective, uh, probably only because last night I was teaching from Acts 16, the, the close of the chapter, you know, they leave uh, Philippi, and they eventually go to Thessalonica. But here's, what, here's how this reads, though. It says, now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. They didn't stop at those two locations. That that that's always intrigued me. They didn't stop. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe they stopped. They overnighted, but they didn't stay there and just preach the gospel. Right. They went on to Thessalonica, which was another hub, a more metro center, if you will. There was sure. more people there, and it was an area too where uh, an area of trade. And so, you know, these other locations. This was, you know, the backwater area that yeah. you're talking about right. a moment ago. You know, <laughs> uh, so. This is, you know, leave Philippi, yeah. which was a major major city. You know that was a, a you know, a part of the Roman colony. You know, so, was, um, and then you go into Thessalonica, and from there, you know, they're going to go to Berea. The gospel would be set up in those locations, and from there, it would spread mm-hmm. naturally. And you know, Paul didn't have to spend all of his time in these other little locations. And so, you know, go to those hub centers. Um, you know, Brother Ira Rice years ago, you know, saw the need to go to Singapore, you know, and from there the gospel could be spread into so many different countries in, in Far East Asia, you know, and so and, and I think that's that's what we're talking about is that when we look at social media, you go where the people are. Right. And, you know, and, and you think about okay, who can best reach somebody, um, you know, in these locations. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Twitter, whether it be you know, using YouTube, whether it be, you know, then sharing those on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're going. But think about then how can I best reach those people in those locations throughout the world? Not just my community. I mean, this is bigger than just my community because it has the potential to go across the world. I get messages from people all over the world, you know, that somehow found our Facebook page Mm -hmm. because it was shared by, 20 people this past week right and so you know that's that's that always intrigues me but that's that's really what it's about
2: i had someone today message me on facebook and they said did you have problem in the past with a warranty company (laughs) and i I thought yeah "Yeah." and then i started thinking how would they know this they don't live in my area and it's i've i've also heard from these people that they watch the live stream at somerville And I probably in a sermon use that as an example or talked about on the, on our program or something, (laughs) you know, and so that that's a very real thing where it's like, oh you know something about my life that right. I never thought you specifically would know. <laughs> and you're talking to me about it. And I'm still messaging with them because they said, what specifically did they not cover? <laughs> and I almost want to ask them, did you have a problem come up? Cause right. if you have this same company yeah. run, cause I had problems <laughs> with them, but it's, it's Get interesting. It's <clears throat> interesting to see, not because we're on a pedestal, like, like Peter said, stand up. I'm just a man, you, right. yep. you know, don't bow to any of us. That's not what we're talking about here, but, the impact, just like our, our mission statement at Scattered Abroad, mm-hmm. therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word, Acts 8-4. There was not a location of the world at one point in time that had not been hit, and yet today when we have the ability to click a button and hit every corner of the world, we have a lot of people that are hesitant. Now, I know some churches, I, I preached in Enid, Mississippi for, for about three years. Mm-hmm. That place is not easily set up. <laughs> for wi-fi in fact uh we we got direct to come out there because we couldn't get internet and so we we paid like 200 bucks a month just to have direct tv so we could do something while we were there in the afternoons waiting for the evening service and uh they don't have the ability to to buy a ptz and a A10 mini and all these other things we're talking about here but like you mentioned something that you said that y'all started out doing you can start recording, and when you get home, upload it through YouTube and have it done that way. You don't have to live stream everything to, to have something going on. Right. And I think that's, that's the other thing I, 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 I neglected to mention earlier was just doing it doesn't mean that I expect every church or that any of us here expect every church to have a live feed with the, the PTZs and all that other stuff. Right. Uh, not every church can do that. Other churches might have better setups. They might have worse setups, but the, the message is the message. Now, I do know you mentioned this about the – if the video looks great and the audio is bad, no one wants to watch. It's the same the other way around too, of yes, course. Yes, it is. If yeah. the audio is bad but the video is, is amazing, they won't watch it. And if the video is bad but the audio is amazing, they won't watch it. And we had that problem at Somerville where we were starting and we basically had a King Kong movie going on where I would talk and then my lips would move. After I was done talking. And so we had to figure out how to fix that problem. Right. It took us two weeks to finally figure out what was going on, but we fixed it. But we had people saying they, they couldn't watch the stream because it was too comical. I would say something and pause for a very long time, and then all of a sudden my lips would start moving. And they're like, I can't understand you. So that's the thing is you, you can only do what you can do. Now, the, the next question, though, that I have along these lines is should every church – be looking into doing something, and I phrased it this way on purpose, like this for their congregation and community? Because one thing that I wanted to ask, too, as a secondary part of this question, are there going to be things that East Side is going to do that is private just for your congregation with this media outlet? And if so, what kind of things would that entail, basically? not Not telling us all the details, but you know if you're going to have certain things that are unlisted on YouTube for example that only people with the link can watch what kind of things are you trying to target the congregation for in those ways if you're going to do something like that um let me ask the the first part of this should yeah.
1: congregations do something like this yes congregations should do something something like this start something start doing something uh you know standing in the in the pulpit and preaching the gospel that's – I'm 100% behind that. You know, we need to open the doors and let some other people hear because not everybody's coming in the door. right? right? And, and that's, that's all we're really saying here right. is that, you know, try to use some kind of outlet, you know, even if you're in Eden, Enid, Mississippi. And I know very well where it is. <laughs> yeah, um, But, you know, when you, th- you think about um, a congregational uh, work, you know, it, it's not always outward. -hmm. Sometimes uh, there are things inward that have to be dealt with, lessons taught, things talked about, and um, even last year, you know, obviously, um, we didn't have vacation Bible school, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, we were planning. In fact, we were we're planning it for this year. We didn't get to do it last year, but we were planning actual summer Bible school. We were going to do it all all Mm -hmm. summer long and incorporate it into different ways into the congregation, and we were really excited about it. And literally, the week after I announced it to the congregation is when everybody was supposed to quarantine. Yep. You know, it's, mm-hmm. everything shut down. So, um, so summer you know summer Bible school, vacation Bible school didn't happen in the normal way. But we recorded things, and we used our young people to record things, and we took videos that parents would send in to us, and we put that all into a video. Yeah. We had our teenagers come in and. Uh, and, and sing songs behind the pews with puppets. To, <laughs> liberal. liberal. Yeah. yeah, I know. I knew you were going to call me out. That's why I'm putting it out there. Um, and, uh, you know, but we put those, and that's, yeah. that's why we keep it uh, that, private. That's right. It's you don't public. want anybody to know. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, we're teasing. But, you know, that's, um, but we did, because we were filming our, our kids like that, our young people, that's not something that we wanted to put out for the world to see on youtube and so we were especially mindful of that and that's something that you know this was going to be in-house and for the congregation so we we shared it we, we sent out an email to our members with the link and so they could get on there and they could see it you know that that if they had the link you know they, they could see it but right. um but that was that was one thing but again you can teach some um, you know if you're dealing with things that some congregations we know you know in, in recent conversations uh, have had to deal with this may be a way that they can teach in house and not necessarily put it out there for public consumption and and talk about the things that needed to be talked about because they're more of a private nature in house private not necessarily that it right that, it, that it's not out there but uh but they can deal with things that they need to deal with in that way and so they they could you know they could just use their Phone and, and record a video and send it out there, but but whatever they're doing, I, I think that's Im- important to think about that there are ways that you can use this and not, you know, and, and not just in an outward way, but also inward to teach, to encourage, and uh, and try to you know educate the congregation.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the important thing when we talk about educating the congregation. There there's ways now where I think man, it's unfortunate. It's harder to train people today than it seemed to have been before all the distractions. Yeah. And so you almost need to find a way to you – know, it's almost like – and I, I hate to use this illustration, but I think it makes the most sense. It's almost like shaking your keys to let the dog know you're going for a ride. And the dog gets so excited when you shake the keys, and so it gets really excited because even, even when we were growing up, if my dad would grab his keys – My dog flipped out and was like, we're going outside? Where are we going? Let's go. Hey, I'm right by the door. And then when my dad wouldn't take the dog with him, (laughs) the dog would look like it had been shot. You know, like, what? We're not going outside? I thought, I mean, every time you grab the keys, that means we're going outside. And you almost want to look at the media as a way to drum up excitement. That any time your congregation posts something, the Christians should be like, what are we doing? What what, what do we got? What's going on? Not because they're they're a dog, but because there should be this level of excitement that, ooh, there's something else for me to devour. Because for me, I love watching television. I watch television while I work. I'm weird like that. I I always have something playing, whether it's a podcast, it's a a YouTube video, something, because I have to have multiple things going on. Now, in order for me to work effectively, I need to be excited about what I'm watching. I don't want to watch, you know, a bunch of boring things. (laughs) And so I have to watch stuff that I actually enjoy. If I don't enjoy it, I turn it off and I find the next video. Christianity is not supposed to be entertaining, but I am supposed to be engaged. And I have to be engaged. And so the the task before us is getting involved in these things and making it as engaging as possible without going to the point of – sometimes I talk to people, and Caleb and I, we've talked about this before, about just general things. If we're going to do something, we have to make sure it's modern enough that people are invested and interested, but not that it teeters so far into modernism that we're now liberal and that we're in, in danger of that. And there's the, there's the balance that has to be found, but you don't want it to be 1980s. You, know, you want it to be modern as best as possible to where someone would look at that and say, I'm interested in what you're providing because that's the same thing we do in everything else we consume. If I go to a restaurant and I don't like what's on the menu, I don't eat there. If I, if I go somewhere else and I'm not really invested in what, what they have to offer, I don't buy stuff from there. No. The one thing, though, that, that I want to kind of touch on here, though, is the gospel is still the gospel. No matter how you fluff it up and try to present it in a, in a modern graphic or a modern PowerPoint presentation, you know, the message is still important to where even if – you don't have the the fancy graphics and the fancy things to be able to provide. If you can get your congregation excited that there's another message, there's another thing for them to listen to and to devour and to share, that should excite them just as much. And so however far a congregation takes it, I think they'd be surprised at how excited the church would be that they're doing something. Sure. And when we started Scattered Abroad – I had elderly ladies, and I still do, they come up to me and they say, we just love Scattered Abroad. And it's, I'm thinking, you guys know what it is? And, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and if you're listening, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm, I'm saying that like, a lot of people would think that there's no way an older person could, right. could figure out what a, a network of podcasts is. They're excited that there's more Bible content for them to devour. And that's why they're so excited about it. And in all honesty, if I told them that it was on Snapchat, I believe they'd download Snapchat <laughs> and they would get an right. account and they would find a way to watch right. or to listen. That's that's our task is to drum up excitement, to try to get people to be excited that no matter the media that's being used, the gospel's being preached. Right. That's our goal. Yeah, and I
0: think, you know, and that's another thing that COVID and last year helped was bump up older individuals kind of into that technology age, because again, everybody's at home. You've got to find something to do. And in fact, statistically, I think 50 people who are 55 years of age and older, um, increased their podcast listening by like 15%. And so it's going up and it will continue to go up, especially now. uh, I think people see how prevalent it is. Wayne, let me ask you this. Um, let's just say you, you've gone out, you've kind of, you've, you've bought equipment, you've set everything up, you're ready to roll, but nobody knows how to use it. Right, because you've got to be able to use it in order – I mean, it can, it can sit there, it can look pretty, but it's not going to work itself. You've got to have people who know how to use it. So how do you go about training individuals and getting them equipped to use this equipment um, that, that we've got? Well, let me ask you this question to answer that. Who would you
1: go to um, to say that – you know to, to get them in, involved in something who are not going to be scared to death to touch something and they're going to
2: mess it up? Young people, younger people. A younger person. Right. Okay. They'll break uh, something and then say, you told me to play that's with that's it. right. You, know, you, you told me to do this. Yeah, you you know, told me to hit right. it. I don't know what you expected.
1: <laughs> you didn't say how hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> you may have to give a little more detail. Yeah. yeah. Smash but, that record button. Not with a sledgehammer. Just hit the button. Tap the button. <laughs> that's right. So, so I think it's the same way that you train anybody for anything. You know, you get them involved. and And especially when it comes to technology, you know, Not again, you know. And I'm thankful, you know, to to hear, you know, older people taking such an interest. Um, Unfortunately, I'm starting to fall into that category. And I and yes, I have an interest in your podcast, Michael. Uh, But you know, you you get people involved the same way you you get them excited about things. Well, you know, younger people they're going to be much more excited about social media. They're going to know much more about it. There's going to be less training involved in that because they use it all the time and so they probably know more about it than you do mm. uh, truth be told right. but you but you may have to give them some parameters obviously right. you know how, how you want this to be done and you know you working with the elders have already kind of set those parameters and so you've got to train them on what those are as well as what we're doing here you know how, how to control this how to do this right. how to make this work and how to record this and, and so forth and then how to load it up at the end of the night. So, uh, all all of those things. But I think because because this is their gig, this is what they do. They're on Facebook and they're on Instagram and they're on Snapchat. You know, they're they're going to be much more in tune to this. That's not to say that somebody else can't be trained. But here's what I love to see: when when I walk into East Side and and everybody's coming in, um, you know, we have a booth back there in the back of the cor- you know, of the auditorium. And we've got our two computers set up, one set up to run the songs and the slideshow and, and all that stuff. And then we've got another one that's set up for live stream and, and, and you know, it does all that. And we've mm-hmm. got our soundboard in the middle of it all. And so there's a, lot, there's a lot going on back there. And I'll watch people walk by it, some of the older folks and even some folks that are my age, and they look at it and they go, I wouldn't even know where to start back there and then I'll watch a 9-year-old walk up into the into the booth and sit down and go all right it's my night to do this so yeah. show me what to do right. you know they're right. all about it they yeah. they want to get involved and so you know that's how we've we've actually been training them and we'll train them we'll first let them click the space bar to change yep. the slides you mm-hmm. know and uh you know our our it's um our, our one of our deacons who's who's over you know all of the technology and all that he's actually a programmer of sorts and he he's written a program to kind of put all that into one thing, you know, all the songs he can put in, you know, here's the song leader gives him a list and you know, we're going to sing verses one, two, and four, and he can check that off or whatever. It makes a whole PowerPoint program, including my class or my sermon or whatever's up next or in between it. And he has, you know, and he types all that up and he's showing the young, those eight and nine year olds who are sitting back there with him, (laughs) actually how to start doing that. Yeah. And then once they, you know, once that program pops up and it's ready, all they sit there and do is just hit the space bar and they're singing along, you know. And, and so they're learning it there. And then they're starting to learn now when to hit this button for the micro, you know, for the handheld or for the lav yeah. or, you know, for the singing mics and to turn off the, the main stage mic and, you know, when to do all of those things. And then the next phase will be train them over there on the live stream. So we're getting them used to what's going on so they can kind of see the whole picture. You know, and th- that's not necessarily in the studio; that's in the auditorium. But again, right. it's the same. Uh, you know, it's it's all part of the same setup. It's all part of the same thing that that we're doing. You know, and trying to trying to get it out there. And Of course, you know, Eastside's not any different than than a lot of congregations who have been doing this for a long time. You know, we were just a little behind the gun getting started. But you know, I, I think it's about finding some you know folks who have an interest in that, and then sitting down with them and just getting them involved. We've got a uh, a young man who just graduated high school you know, who's, who's not very active. He's very quiet and he's shy. I mean, he's, he's like deathly shy, you know, you, you, you speak to him and he, you know, he's, he's scared that he's got to answer, you know? Yeah, right. Um, but you know, I, I love him to death, but you know, and I said, Hey man, you know, come help us with this, you know? And cause I know he's a techie guy, Yeah. this is nothing to him. You know, he knows more of this than, than we do. And so I'm trying to get him involved, you know, and he's gone back there and he's worked it a couple of times, you know, and I see his interest peaking and, you know he's in college so i know he's busy and doesn't have to you know the time to sit there maybe as as somebody else does but you know he's he's learning it so you can get all sorts of people involved in this and and show them and train them and it's it's really not all that hard and difficult yeah. it, it's just is, it's just learning
0: is there a way in your mind to maybe like pique the interest of people to into working and doing those kinds of running av booths and stuff like that because you know like you said there could be a, a place where you're there where nobody wants to do it is right. there a way to try to pique that interest and get the involvement
1: and i think that's right there's you know some congregations will have people nobody wants to right i don't want to touch it right i don't want you know and the, the poor preachers up there uh, <laughs> I, I won't say um you know where i've been in this but i've had you know where the laptop was in the podium right. and all of the equipment to get things started was in the podium and you do this you you yeah. click five or six buttons before you get started everything's rolling now now you can now you can go right and um so but you're still in charge of it mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't need to be you on right. like that right. you know um you know I've clicked the the song show be- you know, before and then you know get in there and and my powerpoints loaded up behind the songs and you know, so I'm, I'm clicking through the whole thing, even through the invitation song, <laughs> yeah. and I'm waiting on people to come up there, and I'm cl- clicking the songs. You know, it's, I think that sometimes it's, again, by pressing need. Mm-hmm. If the congregation doesn't know that you have a need, right. and, and so sometimes it's not, you may not be able to just build interest with people until they know there's some kind of need. Mm-hmm. And when they see a need, they, they see me up there struggling because I'm having to turn around and go, okay, well, that's where we are in the song. That's where we are in the song. Yeah. And I'm click, 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 you know, and, and that's a little distracting. Sure. And so they know that I'm struggling to get that done when I need to be making eye contact, singing the song and, you know, looking deeply at people, you know, looking for their reaction and seeing who, you know, I may need to talk to after. I, yeah. I see that they wanted to, you know, maybe even come forward, but, but they were kind of hanging on. That's probably who I'm going to go talk to this week and say, hey, I want to, you know, but I don't need to be paying attention to all the technology. Right. I need to be paying attention to, you know, those souls that are out there at, sure. that, at that moment. And so letting the congregation know that you have a need. Sure. I think is where it starts. And then finding those who, who will say, okay, well, what, what can I do? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not great at this, but if you'll show me, I'll try. Sure. All right. That's, that's all I need. Yeah. That, that's an open door. Definitely. You know. and, and. But then don't leave that poor one soul back there doing it all for the next year or two Figure out. by himself. Um, yep. You know, get him some help quickly, you know. And, uh, and, I, and I think that's, that's uh, the best
2: way to approach it. You know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. I've, I've found, too, if you almost make it sound so important, yeah. because it is, I mean, even, even if it's as boring as just clicking a mouse or raising or lowering levels of audio or doing whatever, yeah. if you let them know the service goes as this goes. You'll peak some interest there because right. young young people, especially, that maybe are not yet ready to take on a full role of, of constantly leading in worship and being involved in those types of things would say, I can learn this. Yeah. And I think one of the things that the church has to realize about this mentality of training people up is... We, we try to do that with elders. We try to find men that we think in a few years or months or however long could be good elders, and we begin to groom them, if you will. We try to do that with deacons. We look at men that have that quality. Mm-hmm. We try to do that with our young men as preachers, too. We, we try to ask our young men, and many congregations have an opportunity for our young men to lead in services, and we're trying to groom the next, you know, participants in the worship assembly. But the live feed has to be operated, too. Yeah. And if you think about it like a, like an NFL roster or college football roster or any, any sports roster, when your players start to get older, you really have two options. You can buckle down and say – We're going all in for one more ride. You know, we're not going to focus on trying to build this team up. (laughs) We're we're going all in. I'm going to, the the Tom Brady, Brett Favre mentality, I'll retire when I retire. Right. If you have to carry me off the field, you can do that in the church too. You can say, well, we're just going to let that man die in the booth. Yeah. And that that can work and it, it might be effective for many years. But the wisdom, because everybody I've talked to, including the person who runs the booth at Somerville, says that he was trained by someone else when he was around 35, 40 years old, maybe younger, and he was groomed in that same field to where when that person was done, you have the next person in. And so you have to train people to do these types of things. Maybe it's as simple as we just need somebody to to press a space bar, or I just need you to sit in the back row with that clicker and click, and I've got a clicker up front that I can use, or whatever the tech is that you have at your congregation. But I think as we look... To kind of button this all up, if you had to give maybe a a few do's and don'ts, Wayne, in starting this, because I know if Caleb and I were talking about trying to launch a podcast network, (laughs) we could tell you some do's and don'ts we learned uh, that we we wish we hadn't done and some things we wish we had done, and I know that that had to be similar to you because – Perhaps you had a, an experience where you realized you could have done something a certain way and you didn't. or what, what would be you know, your top do's and don'ts in, in such an ordeal?
1: I think the first one is, don't spend too much money,
2: yeah, right.
1: But do spend enough money mm-hmm. to get the work done. Right. Sure. And as you can, spend a little more money to up the quality, Because it, that's what it usually is going to take. It's right. you know, you're going to get a better quality mic, you're going to get a better quality <laughs> camera. You know, even even the cabling mm-hmm. oh, know, yeah. sometimes makes a difference in both sound and and video, and and so you guys know that. But um, and so you know, don't spend too much, but spend enough. And, and, and you know, and that doesn't mean that you you know if, Amazon Basics only gets you so far. That's right. right. You know, we all <laughs> know that brand. Right. We've used that brand, <laughs> but it's not always the end all be all. <laughs> yep. uh, another one that I would say is, um, you know, there's there's a setup for any budget, and I think that's kind of what we've. That would kind of encapsulate all that we've talked about so far. Is there? There is a setup for any budget. You know, you know so if you have fifty dollars to spend, you know, there's there's a budget that's for that. And Amazon Basics, you know, get you a couple of things, you right. know, so that you can hook up maybe what you already have. Uh, but you know, there's uh, eventually, you know. Plan for upgrading. Yeah, and so, um, and I think something else that would play into this would also be, you know, having to do with buying quality and also buying for the future. You know, again, you know, when we were talking about, okay, well, here's here's the low end, here's a better option, and here's shooting for the moon, here's the best that we could possibly get, and and maybe I, you know, I can't get everything on the best list, but you know, if I could go. And buy something that's 4K now, even though Facebook doesn't let me, you know, send out 4K. Right,
2: right. Uh,
1: but at the same time, you know, I, I need to be if if I could pay a little bit more for a camera that's already 4K.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When it is ready, I already have a camera. I don't have yeah. to upgrade my camera next mm-hmm. year or in two years when that's when that's going to happen. So, um, so you, you kind of have to weigh some of those options. Within those budgets. And so that's something to certainly think
2: about. You you kind of, you touched on something I've told my elders, and I know Caleb's probably said this to people too. If you are ready to pull this thread, don't be surprised if more unravels than you're willing to to be ready for. (laughs) Because anything with technology, (laughs) if if a keyboard goes out, you might replace the keyboard and all of a sudden the mouse doesn't work anymore. Well, now the mouse doesn't work anymore. You buy a new mouse and all of a sudden the monitor starts going up. As you upgrade to new things, other stuff seems to always break. Yeah. And so I've, I've told my elders on more than one occasion, here's what it should cost, here's <laughs> what, what it might, might cost. cost right? <laughs> and so I, that's exactly yep. what you're talking about there. Uh,
1: one of the other things, I, don't waste too much time.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
1: Dude, just get started. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. like, um, you know, get out there. And, and if all you have is your phone, you know, I, I know one brother that, you know, he had, he had a phone. And he had a a separate, you know, he, he bought the little road mic wireless pack, you know, yep. or whatever, and uh, and and would wire himself up, you know, and and so he would he would get that audio separate, yeah, you know, because he was doing it all outside. In yeah. fact, he had some beautiful scenery behind him. He had his phone, he had a little tripod, or maybe just had a gimbal, you know, so he could just mm-hmm. hold it right there. And he went to town. He did it, you know. He got started, you know, and and it was things that he already basically had. And I think that little road might kick, you know, less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, you can get those. Right. And so, um, $200. Yeah.
0: All right. We, hey, we, we've looked at them. Trust <laughs> me. We love those mics. All right. So they were a hundred dollars when I looked at them. <laughs> so, all, right. all right. But anyway, um, I, no, I, you, it's interesting you mentioned that, mentioned that. Cause um, Michael, before you, and I had talked to you about starting my podcast. Um, yeah. I don't know, two, three years ago. Right. Um, and of course it's one of those things. I don't, you're probably the same way. And Wayne, maybe you are too. When you look at. Buying something, I mean, you research it to death. You mm-hmm. watch videos, read articles, and one of the things when I was looking at starting a podcast, one of the things that I watched over and over and and read over and over and heard over and over was just start it. Yeah, you have a phone, you can buy a cheap mic, just yep. just start it. Don't yeah. talk about starting it. Don't buy all the equipment and look at it and plan all your stuff. Just start it. Just yeah. get out there and do it. And once you do, everything else will begin to fall in place as you go. But yeah, just right. get out there and do it. Just take that first step and go.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's important to, you know, and one of the lessons that we learned, you know, was, okay, you know, we, we started, you know, in the the filming process, you know, we, we started literally with the phone and just filming the services, grabbing the audio later, you know, and videoing it, putting it all together like that. You know, then when, when COVID hit and we started trying to get serious mm-hmm. about what we were doing and making better quality and then trying to get live, you know, then you start looking at, okay, well, I, I'm going to need this, I'm going to need this, but. You know so you, then you start having to sometimes find workarounds to get it well that also makes you you know look at i mean you, we did we researched everything you know and, and matter of fact because we didn't have that black magic you know four k camera yet um we had chris's camera well his particular camera it was a it was it was a later model than what they had the uh the software package for <laughs> so that you could connect it in, with these three cables you know to be able to hook it into your All computer right. and now you can get live, you know, so we were having to do every work around out there, you know, but what we, you know, we learned a lot doing that. Sure. And so, uh, and I think that that's, you know, a lot of this is just trial by error. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to get out there, you're going to learn, you're going to make some mistakes mm-hmm. and you're going to look back in a year and you're going to go, I don't want anybody to see that podcast. All right. You have that video. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, I no mean, I don't, you know, Your first
0: no podcast? Kidding. Yeah, it's you know. bad.
2: <laughs> I, 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 if, but I you had, had to did, start somewhere, right. you know, yeah, I, despise, no doubt. I despise when I go to GBN and see old videos. And, and I know you've, <laughs> I don't like going stuff. back and
1: listen to my first sermon. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no, I mean, I it's I the like same it. way. Yeah. I heard <laughs>
0: I, one of the very first times I ever preached, um, in Dallas where Kalen's, um, father-in-law preaches. I was nervous. Cause I'm, that's my, you know, my, my in-laws are there, you know, and everything. But I, I listened to that sermon, I don't know, th- three months ago. Man, it was horrible. <laughs> I was like, that is awful. You know, <laughs> how did anybody sit through that? Do better, Caleb. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, uh, we, we can all say that. Yeah. It's the same thing, though, with, you know, w- with video and with live stream and, and any of that. You know, you use what you have, get it started, and learn to do better. Sure. You know, that that's part of it. Definitely. Uh, one of the other things I would add was uh, don't wait until y'all have all the fancy gadgets again. Right. You, oh, you yeah. just got to get going. Oh, yeah. So um, here, here's the other thing that that I would suggest along the way. Hey, get started as quick as you can, but get a professional to give you some suggestions. Mm. And, and what I mean by professional is not just somebody in the church. Yeah. We want to use our brethren in the church. I, I get that but by going out and talking to someone who does videography yeah. who's who's not doing it from a church setting may give you some insight on how you can set up what will you know maybe work for you or something that you can learn from maybe you don't use every suggestion that they have but get some info from, from a professional you know let them make some suggestions for you you know get the 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 here's how to get started here's the the better list and here's the shoot for the moon list you know to to kind of grow into or whatever um and and you pick and choose what you want off of that but by doing that you'll get a little bit of a different perspective what is going to draw the attention of the world maybe to hear the gospel or to see the gospel mm-hmm. preached or to have a more conversational type video that's out there where people can uh, where there's a discussion taking place, like we're having here, right. you know, and and so, what is going to work best uh, in that scenario? So, having a professional um, to come in and give you some insight and and give you some suggestions, I think is going to be helpful along the way. I, I had Chris to rely on, yeah, and you know, and he wasn't, you know, doing his work from a a church background. He was right. doing some church type videos, but you know, I mean, he's he's recorded. For a lot of different things. Right. And so, you know, having that, I think, helped us, you know, kind of see a, a, a little different vision maybe than uh, what, what maybe most people are seeing in, sure. in the church.
2: I was, I was privileged for two years to go to NAB. And I don't know, Wayne, if you know what NAB yeah. is, but it's, it's this National Association of Broadcasters and it's in Vegas. It's the, you, we've been to PTP. Imagine like 20 PTPs and that's, that's NAB size. It's insane. I I met Brian Baldinger one day as he was walking by a famous NFL analyst. You know, Mm -hmm. I just said, Hey Brian. And he just kind of looked at me and waved and kept going. Who are you? He doesn't want to talk to me, (laughs) but I mean, you see all of these things. (laughs) And it it is like kid in a candy store for technology. And I got to, I got to go to dinner with some guys, uh, with my father-in-law and I picked their brain on things. And it's like you said, it's, you know, I mentioned that earlier in this episode of the, the the two ferns is great don't get me wrong but i know that there's been jokes made by like zach galifianakis between the two ferns and stuff because it, that used to be the set for everything right and we have to we have to change and adapt as we go along and that that advice is probably invaluable and of course wayne's not suggesting or any of us suggesting that they felt like well you're going to need to put up some pictures of movie posters and all this kind of stuff. We, we understand there's a limit to, to the, the advice that people might give you, but there is, there's so much value in, in looking at it from a perspective of someone whose job it is to reach a vast majority of people right. and to hear what they have to say because we, we always talk about the gospel should be entertaining to us because it's the gospel. We should always entertain the gospel message because we're Christians, but the world is not. And I have to reach the world without being sinful in how I do it, right, and so finding that balance is so critical, and I love that advice of of getting some people that they do this for a living, not for the church, you know, and obviously you spit the bones out that they may give you, but they're going to give you a ton of valuable information yeah. and a ton of valuable information on the equipment that you need right it's it's just there's so much knowledge out there by these guys. We
0: need to be humble enough to understand, especially if you're just starting out, you know, there's a lot to learn about this. Yep. And I, I mean, and Wayne, you probably know more about this than, than all of us do here. But I think you would suggest there's still things you have to learn about it too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I made this list with Chris,
2: okay? so I just. Go <laughs> Chris gives, couldn't be here today, so right. you're the guy, I'm filling <laughs> in for stuff. Chris. Really, is what we really happening. invited Chris, yeah, but <laughs> guys, Chris uh, couldn't make it today, and so we settled for whatnot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I,
1: I, and I think that's right. You know, when you, I, I'm still learning. I mean, and and by no means is this an exhaustive list of of any of the things. You know, but these are just suggestions, thoughts, and uh, you know, and again, like Michael's saying, you know, we're not suggesting go out and. You know, get you know, bring the world into the church. That that's not at all right. what we're saying. But you know, have you know, try to get some perspective on how to be able to reach into the world. That's that's what we do as gospel preachers. You know, we're trying to get the message out there. It's yeah, you know, I can I can preach to a, a packed assembly in an auditorium. I can preach the gospel and 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 feel great about that. But if I'm never getting outside of the building to get the gospel to the, uns, the unsaved, you know, to, to those who are, you know, needing the gospel the most, I'm not doing my job. Right, yeah. and, no doubt. And, and so I think that's, you know, that's one thing that, at least from a preacher's perspective, we need to be thinking about, you know, how we're using technology, and and again, you know, we're not, we're not going to baptize our laptops, and we're not going <laughs> to, you know, I, I get all that, you know, I've had a couple that I wanted to throw in the water, but... Right. Uh, but you know, I think when it comes to technology,
0: we've got it. We need to use it. Yeah, sure, no doubt. I know we've covered a lot in this episode, sure. um, and I think that um, I, that Wayne would be fine with this. Uh, if you have any questions as listeners, any questions, anything you want to know about, um, I think Chris. Yeah, well, I'll, actually, I'll put Chris's information in our show notes below. Um, but no, I think I think either one of them would probably be willing to sure. to talk to you um, about any questions or any any advice or anything that you need to know uh, about um, media and the local church and how to how to get it out there. Um, do either of you have any any final comments? Anything y'all want to add as we close this out?
2: It's hard to imagine the first century church today not being involved in media. No doubt, it's True. just that's just hard. I can't fathom
0: it. Right. No doubt. We certainly appreciate uh, Wayne being with us. Thank you for making the drive up and uh, joining us for this podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I I want to close out with something that Michael kind of alluded to. He talked about um, congregations. If you're not doing this now, let me encourage you get started. Get the ball rolling, because this is the way it is going. Um, it, obviously, the gospel message does not change, but the way that we get it out there certainly does. And we need to make sure that we are doing all that we can um, to get the gospel out to to as many individuals as we can. We have technology um, right at our fingertips. You know, what excuse are we going to be able to give God on the Day of Judgment when—, when He asked us, why didn't we take the gospel to the world? I couldn't, I couldn't fly all across the world. Well, you have the internet, you have technology. The one talent man. Exactly right. We have, we have the things that we need at our disposal. Let's make sure we get out there and we use it. So our listeners, thank you so much for listening um, and being involved in this podcast. Um, If you want to find us on social media, we are there. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find us there. Also, if you want to reach out to us, uh, if you want to reach out to Wayne, his information uh, will be in our show notes. But if you want to reach out to the network, you can email us at the network at gmail.com that will be in our show notes below or you can just send us a dm on any of our social media platforms and we certainly will do our best to get back with you and try to answer any questions or anything that you might have also as always please leave us a rating or review on whatever content it is um, uh, that that you're listening to whatever platform it is certainly you can do that for us also don't forget this thursday wayne's going to be back with us uh for the did that really happen podcast we're excited for that grateful that he's agreed to be uh, on that podcast with us as well so until thursday thank you you so much for being with us and God bless.
2: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.